ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار ثم أما بعد يا عباد الله in order to have successful relationships and communities and interactions and dealings with the creation we have to learn to control ourselves and we have to learn to restrain our lonely desires it is incumbent that as believers we embody this and that we are those who are constantly striving to benefit others anything shy of this it is not appropriate as relates to the believers The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said al-muslim man salim al-muslimun min lisanihi wa yadihi that the muslim is the one who the muslims are safe from their tongue and from their hand the muslims are safe from their tongue and from their hand wal muhajir man hajara ma naha Allah anhu and that the one who is a true muhajir then he is the one who he immigrates away from he makes hijra from that which Allah has prohibited i want us to focus and to concentrate and look at the first statement of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he outlines and he highlights certain characteristics of the muslim and the muslim is the one who salim al muslimun min lisanihi wa yadihi that the muslims are safe from their tongues and safe from their hands and i want you to really reflect on this because the likes of these characteristics sometimes unfortunately you find that there may be individuals who they apply these things when it comes to those who they interact with outside of their homes so they are on their best behavior they are on their p's and q's as they say so they will speak to them in a manner that is nice they will interact with them in a manner that is befitting so on and so forth 
But then unfortunately, when they come home and they step into their homes and they act with those who are supposed to be the closest to them, they forget all of these good manners. They forget all of this fine speech and good treatment. They forget all of these mannerisms that they utilize, where be it at their job, be it at, yani, in their place of work, be it, be it, be it, wherever. Very nice talk for the people outside the home, but then when they come home, they are a tyrant. So when we reflect on this, we realize that the application of this hadith, of, of, of not harming individuals with our tongue, nor harming them with our hands, then this is something that we have to utilize outside of the home and inside of the home as well. Now, as relates to those individuals who have absolutely no restraint and they are just as reckless outside as they are inside, then of course this is, doesn't need any more explanation. We have to be of those who we are good in our speech, not those who bring forth and produce harm with their speech. So verbal abuse is not something that could be tolerated. It is not something that is appropriate for the Muslim because the Muslim is the one who Salim al-Muslimun min lisanihi wa min yadin is the one who the Muslims are safe from their tongue and safe from their hands. I want you to reflect on the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that hadith of nusiha. Now, the famous hadith that we all know where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said ad-deen al-nusiha that the deen is nusiha and nusiha. Now, nusiha it is translated as advice, typically. But nusiha, it means sincerity and advice. So it is an advice that is sincere, an advice that comes from a place of concern, an advice because you want good for the one that you're giving the advice to. Because this is the nature and the manner of advice. When you don't have any concern for an individual, when you don't have any concern or consideration for an individual's well-being, then you are not motivated to advise that individual. Have you not heard people say, look at those fools, they're going to hurt themselves. And, they, and that's it. They point out the error of what they are doing, but they do not go to those fools as they have called them and, them and dubbed them and named them and categorized them and give them advice to stop doing what they're doing that they see will eventually lead to them hurting themselves. This is an indication of what? They have no concern for these individuals. They're going to let them hurt themselves. But when you have concern for an individual, then you will stop them. You will say, listen, no, don't do this because it will result in your harm. Don't do these things because they will hurt you. Don't say these things because they are not benefiting and they will hurt you. They will lead to your harm. Because we have concern. So I want you to keep this in mind that in having a nasiha, a dinun nasiha, then there is concern, there is a sincerity, there, and that emanates, and this is the motivation for what? For the advice. So the Sahaba, when the Prophet ﷺ, he said that, that the religion is acting with sincerity in an upright manner, now, giving advice when it is applicable to give the advice. They asked, who is this nasiha for? It is for Allah that we are sincere with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we are sincere with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we give to Allah ta'ala his rights, so on and so forth. We obey his commands, we stay away from his prohibitions, so on and so forth. Because this is how an individual is sincere with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That they are thankful for that which Allah ta'ala has given them. 
that they show thanks and gratitude for the bounties in which Allah Ta'ala has gifted them with. They are sincere to the book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Meaning that they interact with it in a way that is indicative of sincerity. So they do not abandon it. But they read it. They reflect over it. They study it. They ponder over its meanings. They implement it. They live in accordance to it. They govern their lives by way of it. So on and so forth. This is from how one is, has nasiha to the book of Allah. They have nasiha to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That they obey the commands of the Prophet ﷺ. What the Prophet ﷺ gives them, they take it. What he has told them to stay away from, they stay away from it. They follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. They do not put anyone's speech in front of the speech of the Prophet ﷺ. This is from what it means to what? To be sincere with your interactions with the Prophet ﷺ. He is. Huwa Rasulullah. He is the Messenger of Allah. So what human being then after that are you going to per, you are going to prefer their statements over the statements of the Prophet ﷺ and then turn around and say, but you are sincere to the Prophet, you interact with him in a, in a way that is built upon sincerity. How? The Prophet ﷺ, he goes on and he says, and for the Muslim rulers, that you interact with them in a way that is upright, that you have a nasihat for the Muslim rulers. Is this our state? Or do we find it commonplace for people to speak ill of the Muslim rulers? Do we find it commonplace for people to openly criticize the Muslim rulers? Do we find it commonplace for people to openly speak about the faults of the Muslim rulers? As if they are not Muslims. When the Muslim, من سلم المسلمون من لسانه ومن يده من لسانه ويده that the Muslim is the one who the Muslims are safe from their tongue and from their hands. That includes the rulers. Because they're Muslims, are they not? And this is why you find it is not from the way of Ahl-Sunnah to interact with them in this manner and to speak ill about them because that is going to change what? What is that going to change? If we have advice for them, then we take them by the hand and we offer that advice. If they take the advice, alhamdulillah. If they don't take the advice, alhamdulillah. We did what we are commanded to do. If you're not in a position that you can give this advice to them in a manner that was described by the Prophet wasallam, then you know what? It's not your business. Allah Ta'ala is not going to ask you about that. And they will have to carry the, 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 the burden of what they have done. They will carry the weight of that which is against them. That which is for them will be for them. That which is against them will be against them. But no one is going to get off scot-free. If they did something that necessitates that they'll be punished, they'll be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So who's getting away with what? We have to interact with each other in a way that is befitting. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, well, And for the general masses of the Muslims, that we interact with them in a way that is indicative of, of having interaction with one who you have concern for, one who you have care for, one who you care for their well-being. And this is why when the advice is needed, you give them the advice. Why? Because you're looking out for them and you have their best interests in mind. Yeah, It is incumbent that we look at these guidances. It's incumbent that we look at this which is common sense. Because unfortunately, common sense is not as common as one may think. Because if we do not implement these things, how can we have successful relationships? How can we have successful friendships? 
How could we have successful marriages? How can we have successful relationships with our kith and kin? How can we have a successful society that is built on the opposite of these morals and manners and guidance? How could a society benefit if everyone is fighting against everyone in a society? Those who are being led are fighting against the ruler. The ruler fighting against those who are, that, that they're leading, so on and so forth. How could such a society ever find prosperity? So now when we look at it from that standpoint, how could a community find anything as relates and remotely close to prosperity if they are not implementing these common sense measures? هذا أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولجميع المسلمين فاستغفروا فإنه هو الغفور الرحيم بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وبعد يا عباد الله let me just say in full disclosure because I don't want nobody to misunderstand or to misinterpret and to think I'm speaking about that which I'm not speaking about because sometimes I may not always say what you want to hear, but I say what I think you need to hear. Sometimes you may not like what you hear, but in any event, it's coming from a good place. And sometimes some brothers, they're a little sensitive, and when they hear the likes of what they heard, they think that I'm talking about them. And I'm not. I'm not talking about anything that has taken place. This is not reflective of any situation. This is not because our community are having these problems. No, not at all. However, you don't always wait for something bad to happen to talk about it. Sometimes you, you, you yeah, I need the best ways to get in front of it so that these things won't come to us. Alhamdulillah, verbal abuse is not rampant in our community. Verbal abuse, I can't even think of an, an example to cite in our community that involves anything from verbal abuse. But in order for us to keep it like this, then we have to have serious concern for one another. We have to interact with each other in a manner that we ourselves want to be treated. We have to speak to people how we want to be spoken to. And when we stick to these common sense manners and measures, you will find flourishment. You will find strong relationships. You will find prosperity, you will find success, you will find and taste that true brotherhood. Because this is not just your brother in the, in the sense of that you say it's your brother, but this is your brother, you feel it in your heart. This is your brother, you have love for your brother. So you want for him the good that you want for yourself. As the Prophet Sallallahu he informed us about a person's good Islam, or the Prophet Sallallahu informed us, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه that None of you truly believes until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. None of you truly believes so he loves for his brother but he loves for himself. Meaning that the good from the khayr, he wants that for himself, he wants that for his brother. The way that he wants to be spoken to, he speaks to his brother in that way. The way that he wants to be dealt with, he deals with his brother in that way. The way that he wants to be treated, he treats his brother that way. He treats them good, like he wants to be treated good. He's patient with his brother when his brother loses his patience, just like he wants his brother to be patient with him when he loses his patience. You see, because we're going to take turns. Sometimes you're going to be forbearing. I'm not going to be forbearing. Then there are going to be times I'm going to be forbearing. You're not going to be forbearing. 
but I'm patient with you as I want you to be patient with me. And this is how we have to be as a community, that we make excuses for each other, that we look out for the over, overwhelming well-being of each other, because we see the greater picture. Yeah, ibadullah, we are brothers, we are sisters. That the believers are nothing but brothers. The believers are nothing but brothers. This is the reality. If we don't find good treatment amongst ourselves, are we going to find good treatment from those who have been called and categorized in the Quran as the adu, the enemies? We don't get good treatment from our brothers. We think we're going to find it from those who are not our brothers. We don't find good treatment from those who believe like us. We think we're going to find it from those who don't believe like us. We don't find good treatment from those who believe in Allah. Do you think you're going to find it from those who do not believe in Allah? So it is incumbent that we take these things very, very, very seriously. The Prophet said, Al-Muslim, the Muslim, the Muslim is the one who the Muslims are safe from his tongue and safe from his hands. In another narration, the Prophet said, Al-Muslim, من سلم المسلمون من لسانه ويده that the Muslim is the one who the Muslims are safe from his tongue and safe from his hands والمؤمن من أمن من 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 أمنه الناس على دمائهم وأموالهم and the believer is the one who the people are safe the people are safe from him as relates to their blood and as relates to their money. You see that? The Muslim is so on and so forth. Meaning the one that has submitted unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the believer, the one who has iman is such and such and such. So when one looks at this, do you mean to tell me that it's not from the sunnah to implement these things? That it's not from the sunnah to keep your harm away from the people, whether that harm be verbal or physical? Do you mean to tell me it's not from the sunnah that the people are safe as relates to their blood and as relates to their money from you. You, you telling me that's not from the sunnah? These, these affairs of good character is not from the sunnah? It's not from the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu When the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, They really have only been sent to complete the good moral character. This is not it's an entry to the sunnah. As long as I believe correctly, my minhaj is correct, and I can talk to people any type of way, I can treat them harshly and treat them badly, and it doesn't matter because I'm upon sunnah. Do you think that's what it means to be upon the sunnah? If you think that, then there is a tremendously big disconnection. You are not getting it at all. Because as we know, Iman, qawlun bilisan, is a statement of the tongue. Wal-i'tiqad. And a belief in the heart. And it actions upon the limbs. That iman, belief of the tongue, belief, a statement of the tongue, belief in the heart, actions upon the limbs, it increases when one is obedient to Ar-Rahman, the most merciful, it decreases when one is obedient to the shaytan. So where is it that the way that we talk, the way that we act, is the void from our aqidah and minhaj? Please explain this to me. If we are going to pride ourselves on being people of the sunnah, then that needs to be seen and not just heard. I leave you to reflect upon this 
it is incumbent that we interact with each other in a manner that's based on the sunnah. That we speak to each other in a manner that is based on the sunnah. That we interact and deal with each other in a manner that's based on the sunnah. Just like we believe in a manner based on the sunnah, and just like our methodology is in a manner based upon the sunnah. So it is incumbent, yes, sunni, that the people also see and not just hear from you. Hada fa aqimu salam.